Would you say this with me this morning? Christ is in me. I am in Christ. And whatever Christ can do, I can do too. I believe it. And from this morning, I'm going to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give yourselves a hand. Oh, now, please be seated. Uh, well, this, this, this service has just been set up. You know, during the week and, and over the last little while, and especially this week, you know, I've prayed about it. I've, I've put together what I think is a, a reasonable message and as requested to talk about mission this morning. And um, those that are downloading your, the, the notes, um, please do that. Um, but I would encourage you, if you don't normally download the notes, um, there's great material. You know, you get great preaching from this platform, but it's based on great material, great teaching material, and there's a lot more. And uh, I would encourage you, because there's, there's some good stuff here. <laughs> you know, um, I've got to blow my own trumpet. <laughs> trumpet players always blow their own trumpet. <laughs> but uh, th th there's some good stuff here. Um, and I'm not going to get through all this. You know, we have the time allocated, which is great. But we're not going to get through this. I mean, this, this could be a beginning of a book. When I, when I got finished during the week and I just go back, put some little bits and pieces on it, I, I turned to, to Jeanette and, and said to her, I said, that's done. I, I, I just got to finish. That's it, finish, close. And I thought, make the PDF, send it to Adrian, and then it's done. And she said, well... You're not writing a book this time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But this service has been set up by the Holy Spirit. And I just have this, this awesome sense. I mean, I'll, I'm going to get here. But you, you, you who know me know this, right? <laughs> we just got to go with the flow. And as, as we were driving up this morning, there was nothing spectacular about the drive when we drive up um, from paradise. I mean, from, not paradise, from, <laughs> from the beachside suburb <laughs> of Rosebud. <laughs> um, you know, we, we pray. Most of the journey, half the journey. Um, we, we pray. Nothing spectacular happened. But I've just had this feeling you know, like I said, I, I, I could just stand here and just deliver what's on these notes this morning and you, you'd get probably a good education about mission. But you know, as I walked in this morning, just nothing happened until someone walked up to me, shook my hand and began to prophesy over me. Isn't church a wonderful place? I don't think he realized he was prophesying. <laughs> shall, shall I spring you? <laughs> but he was. And, and then we got into worship. And, and begin to sing my song. And it's faithful. 
Jeanette and I have had the, the honor and the privilege of serving Christ for, for over 50 years. And if you want to sum it up in one word, it's faithful. He has never failed. He's never come close to failing. And we moved on from that. We began to sing holy. And I, little, in a little while, I'm going to keep this one. I want to talk to you about being holy. What Pastor Josh did was fabulous, was right. And it was for communion. But he only delivered half to you. I'm going to deliver the other half. <laughs> now, these aren't in the notes. So just sit here quietly, keep praying for me. <laughs> We're going to do this. But this morning, I'm believing that lives are going to change. I want this morning to be one of those mornings that you look back, even in eternity, and say something happened that morning. Because we belong to this institution. I don't know if it's the right word. And it's called the Church of Jesus Christ. The most phenomenal organization on planet Earth. There is nothing bigger, there is nothing greater than the Church of Jesus Christ that exists on planet Earth today. The church that has existed in the Earth from the day of Pentecost which is here now and will, will continue to exist until Jesus comes and takes his glorious church with him. There is nothing bigger, there's nothing greater, there's nothing more impactful, there is nothing else that can change nations, that can change people's hearts on planet Earth other than the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because Christ is in his church. As, as a young man, I, in my late teens, I had a dream of what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be. I wanted to be a, a, a professional sports person. I was interested in one thing, and that one thing is just two little words called me. <laughs> not, not unlike a lot of people, most of humanity probably. But something happened. I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And my life changed. Just like you. You that are here this morning. You that are watching online. We had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And something changed. And the me no longer came important. The, the me is no longer the center of our focus. Our focus has completely changed. And we're looking upon one who is more glorious than words can explain. His name is Jesus. We began to pursue him. We began to pursue the life that he had chosen for us. Hallelujah. As a scripture this morning... Let's start off with Isaiah chapter 60. Verse 1, 2. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, 
the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. First, we have to ask ourselves, what does the darkness look like? Have you ever, ever done that? See, when we read the Bible, we can't just read words and let words go in and go out and think that was nice. What does darkness look like? If you walked into this auditorium early this morning before the staff got here, it was full of darkness because <laughs> there was no light present. But this is not talking about a building. This is talking about a, a, a people. This is talking about the world. Darkness will cover the earth. And I just want to, if you see in the notes, there's, there's, there's a few things there and some of them are fairly disturbing. But the darkness is, is about the darkness that indwells people. The darkness that is upon humanity because the glorious light of the gospel hasn't yet come to them. People trapped and held in doctrines of demons, carrying out cruel practices driven by fear. Human sacrifice still takes place in parts of the world today. Witch doctors demand human sacrifice to appease their gods, whether it be for rain or wealth or some other thing. Disabled women and children in certain parts of the world are killed for their organs. Human trafficking, slavery still exists today. An estimated 40 million people are still in slavery today. Cambodia is listed as the ninth of the top ten generation, uh, nations where slavery exists. North Korea is number one. Infant mortality continues to be a big problem in many regions throughout Vietnam and, and, and many other parts of the world. This is 2022. We're in the 21st century and the world is still in darkness. There's whole communities trapped in poverty, alcohol, alcoholism, <laughs> drug addiction, low or no education and major family problems. That's what darkness looks like. And that's, that's only a part of the, the problem. That's only a part. That's only a tip of the darkness. But I think as a church, I think we have to have our eyes open. I think we have to be able to acknowledge these things. And I see these things when I travel. I experience these things. I minister to people in these circumstances. My team, our partners across Southeast Asia, minister and, and, and a Caring for people like that. Uh, I know this stuff. I live this stuff. Even when we're not traveling for the last two and a half years, that's about to change. Hallelujah. <laughs> In June, I'm getting on a plane. <laughs> There's a song about that, isn't it? Getting on a jet plane. I'm not Pastor Louis, so I'm not going to break into song. It's all right. 
It's a heavy number. But those things still, still after all my travel, all my years of ministering across Asia, it still pulls on the heartstrings. I don't want to be unkind. But if nothing, nothing of that moves you this morning, you need to find an altar. I'm deadly serious here this morning. If some of this of what I've said to you this morning doesn't move you, then you need to find an altar where you can get down before your, before your God and say, God, touch me again. Touch me afresh. Because these are the things that our Savior cries over. These are the things that, that heaven weeps over. And we as a church of Jesus Christ should not just be looking at it thinking, oh, it's so sad for those people and move on. There should something happen in our hearts that will actually change what we do and the way that we pray. See, the, the, the only hope for mankind is the good news of the kingdom of God. There's nothing else. No political party, no movement, no organization. There is nothing else. No charity, nothing else. Let me read a statement that I read as, as a young man. <laughs> great missionary statesman of the uh, 20th century, Oswald J. Smith. He said, if God wills the evangelization of the world, and you refuse to support missions, then you are opposed to the will of God. We have the resources. We must use them whether it's financial resources or whether it's human resources, we have the resources and we need to use them. We're obligated to heaven to use them. It's quiet in here. What have I done? We return to our original text. It says, Arise, shine, light has come, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Verse 2, we've read. <laughs> Let's read the latter part of verse 2. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Isaiah wrote that. I wonder if he could see in the spirit or he just knew it. Well, here it is today. Here it is where the glory has risen. The Christ has risen and he's risen in glory and he's put that glory on his church and it's in his church that he manifests the glory. 
The Apostle Paul says, 2 Corinthians and 4, 7. But we have the treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. The power, not of ourselves, but it seemed to be of God. We, we have the power. We have the glory. You know, being a part of this, this Australia for Christ church, what a blessing, what an honor it is. When week by week we get to see the demonstration of the power and the glory of God in our services, but not just for our services, but impact our lives, that we have an encounter, that we can go out of here and we can encounter the world. Hallelujah. What we encounter on a Sunday morning is not supposed to be left at the front door. We right? Hallelujah. We still good? Thank you. I needed all the help I can get. Believe you me. I live with me. My darling wife lives with me. (laughs) I need all the help I can get. But we have this glory. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. First, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. We've heard this before. Who said that? (laughs) Don't despise the word of God. We need to hear it, and we hear it, and over and over and over and over again we need to hear it because it needs to get into us. It needs to become a part of us. It needs to soak into us. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to absorb all that I commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. One quick observation. Even to the end of the age. We haven't come to the end yet. It's not done. <laughs> the mission hasn't changed. Neither has the mission field. <laughs> We're still to go. Missions for me is, is loving what Jesus loves. What does Jesus love? Oh, I nearly broke into song again. Oh. Must be the residue of Pastor Louise's anointing here. <laughs> Jesus loves me, this I know. <laughs> For the Bible tells me so. True. Jesus loves a lot more than man. Jesus loves the nations. Jesus loves the the people of the nations. And if we're a lover of Jesus, we have to love what Jesus loved. We can't just love him and not love what he loves. It has to be the motivation for what we do. I, I love this. Revelations chapter 7, 9 to 10. I, I love this verse. After this I looked, and behold, right in front of me I saw a vast multitude of people, 
an enormous multitude so huge that no one could count, made up of victorious ones from every nation, tribe, people, group, and language. They were all in glistening white robes, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, with palm branches in their hands, and they shouted out with a passionate voice, Salvation belongs to our God, seated on the throne and to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Every nation, every tribe, people, group, and language. That's God's dream. That's why you're in this building this morning. That's why this auditorium is filled with people praising and worshiping Jesus. Hallelujah. Because the dream that he dreams is coming to pass. But now he has asked us to join in the dream. He's asked us to join in and love what he loves and make that love impactful in our own hearts and our own minds that it changes the way that we live. Hallelujah. Pastor Josh, tell me that God will never forsake you. Nearly messed up my whole message. Because I thought of all these times in our life where we we didn't have the bank accounts. (laughs) And he never failed. Never, Never forsook us. Hallelujah. Didn't forsake us. Is that better? Sorry, English teachers. Didn't forsook us. <laughs> yes, I was a naughty boy at school, I know. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Spirit-filled believers are missionary candidates. Did you get that online? <laughs> Spirit-filled believers are missionary candidates. I look across here and I don't know if people got twitches or what, but I mean, <laughs> it's hard to eyeball from up here. <laughs> Am I making you nervous this morning? No. All right, I'll try harder. <laughs> Jesus said, I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, be filled with power, and you will be my messengers, Jerusalem, Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on earth. Glory be to God. That's what happens to people when they get filled with the Spirit. Oops. I'm in the wrong church. That's what happens to people when they get filled with the Holy Spirit. Ooh, well... Oh, 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 it's getting better. <laughs> Glory to God. It was a young, young missionary full of passion and drive and went off to the darkest regions of Africa and was there serving the Lord. Hadn't been there long and wasn't learned all the protocols and Anyway, early one morning, he thought, I'll, I'll just go for a wander. I'll go out and, and, and just go for a walk by myself, pray, seek the Lord early in the morning. So he goes out, and as he goes out, he hears rustling in the bushes and thinks, oh, I'm not alone. He turns around, has a look, 
And he hears this. Well, every hair on his body stands up. And so he's thinking, my village compound is that way. The roar came from that way. I can't go back that way. I'll go this way. So he picks up his step a little bit further and more than a gentle exercise now, he's walking a little bit faster and, and so on. And, and, and he can hear behind him. And glances over his shoulder and, and that which roared is now on the same path as he. And he's rushing down this path and no longer is it a quick walk. It's a frantic, frantic race to get somewhere away from this beast that is now chasing him. But it's amazing how, how far the gospel has spread. Because as he's racing down the track and, and, and running out of breath, he, he's, he's thinking of every prayer he knows. He's making declarations. He's crying out to God for deliverance, for transformation. He's crying out for the second coming of the Lord. Now come, Jesus! And out of breath, he hits a root on the path, trips over and falls over, flat on his face, trembling, thinking, oh, God. Oh. And all is quiet. And he, and he thinks, because he's expecting this, this beast to, to land on him and die, having for breakfast. He quietly moves, looks back over his shoulder, and lo and behold, here is this animal, this beautiful wild beast with its mane, its glorious build, and, and this thing is down on its haunches. And he looks at this lion. And without thinking, he goes, starts talking to him. I mean, the guy's delusional. But he starts talking to the lion and says, uh, are you a believer? <laughs> the lion lifts his head and goes, I am just giving thanks. work <laughs> is about servant messengers who come alongside the national church. I thought about, you know, should, should I take the, the uh, 40 minutes so that I'm given this morning? Tell you everything that I do. And you'd probably be encouraged by that. You'd be blessed by that. But I thought I'd just stick with the, with the general terms. But this is, this is what we do. We go as, as servant messengers to the church in the nations. We first, we learn from them. We find out how best we can serve them. And then we serve the local church. We help them reach their nation for Christ. 
our, our partners uh, across, and when I talk about our partners, um, I'm talking about Beyond Here International that, that I head up and, and which you through your offerings and this church very generously help support and keep us going in the right direction. But our partners are involved in all sorts of amazing things, impactful ministries, lives are being touched, being transformed. The nation is being transformed one life at a time. You know, Bibles are now being distributed in a nation where we used to smuggle Bibles into. Bibles are being distributed in prisons by the authorities because they've seen the work of the church in one particular group of churches that now has 22 drug rehabilitation centers throughout the nation and the impact on young men and young women's lives whose lives have been destroyed by drugs, whose lives are, are, are literally, some of them are thrown away. Even families have thrown them away, leaving them to die. And someone has presented the gospel to them. They've told them about Jesus Christ. They've told them about his transforming power. They've told them about his love. And they've reached out and accepted Christ and their lives have been changed, transformed, some of them overnight. Hallelujah. And today, yeah, come on, let's give God the glory. This is, this is God at work. This is Holy Spirit at work. This is what mission is about, transformed lives. Hallelujah. Whether it's, whether it's here, you go on mission across the street to Stud Park or go down the road or some other place or you go to the other side of the world. We're all involved in mission. We all should be involved in mission. None of us, none of us should not be involved in mission. Or call it evangelism. Call it being friendly. Being, well, I don't care what you call it. Church, come on. How many people live in Roval? I've really gone rogue now. <laughs> How many people live in Roval? Any idea? Oh, no, I don't. I should have done my homework, I know. But there's, there's thousands. Help me out, Josh. <laughs> Pull a figure out of the air. Come on, Victor. 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000. This part of Melbourne, I mean, this, we're talking about tens of thousands of thousands. And on a really good Sunday, across our congregations, what have we got? Oh, I think we better have the other one. The line. All right. Is this, a is this a disaster or what? No, it's not. Yeah. Man, I'm, I, I really have gone rogue. <laughs> See, see, what I do in mission is, is unique as it is to, to many other people. I have, I have a unique calling on my life. And so I go and do what, what God has called me to do. But you don't have to be me. You know, there are extraordinary people doing extraordinary works out there. There's the medical field, doctors, nurses, relief workers, school teachers, Bible teachers, mechanics, trade and business people. You know, I have a grace gift. 
And it, and it falls into the category, Ephesians 4, see the, that, that when he ascended, he gave gifts as men to the church. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And I'm trying to do my best this morning. Not to reach the world, but to reach you. That you might reach the world. <laughs> so there's all sorts of, of fancy titles. But it's up to you to fulfill the, the will and the purpose of God that's on your life. You don't wait for opportunities. Say, well, you know, I'm, no one ever gives me the opportunity. Oh, poor you. I'm not trying to be unkind. When I got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, our youth group didn't do outreach. I went to our, <laughs> our youth pastor and told him, asked him what was wrong with them. I mean, I was only a few weeks old in the lawn. I know it's fairly arrogant. I look back on it now thinking, oh dear, that was awful. <laughs> I asked him why they didn't do outreach. I asked him why we just had a, a, a nice youth meeting on a Saturday night and then we went out to supper and went to someone's house and had fellowship or we went bowling, skating, swimming, did something else. I said, well, you know, we believe God and we're led by the Holy Spirit. I thought, well, okay, that's fine for you. You be led by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's leading me somewhere else. I couldn't understand why the rest of the youth group didn't want to come with Jeanette and I and go down to the darkest part of Auckland City and find the drug addicts, find the alcoholics and tell them about Jesus. I thought, am I, am I the, the missing something here? Now, I've certainly learned, kind of, <laughs> that church works different than that. But I'm being extreme deliberately this morning. I'm like the locomotive. The locomotive comes in, goes past the station, so the rest of the carriages come in and people can get off and get on. I'm deliberately being extreme this morning. Don't sit back and say, I've never had the opportunity. Go and make the opportunity. I, the first time I ever went to the mission field, I asked the Lord of Bahuga. I, I can't tell you that there was a great light. I heard, I heard that there was something happening and a team was going. I, I just asked the Lord, can I go? I've been saved about a year. I didn't have enough money to go. By the way, all those bank accounts, why don't you just consolidate them into one and call it missions? <laughs> you got to know that I wasn't going to let that one slip by. <laughs> There's a very good book called Faith, Love and Hope. Glorious stories of the work of the Holy Spirit. I know some of you have seen it, some of you have bought it. But it's out there today. It's on special. $10. All the proceeds from this book go back into missions. 100% goes back into missions. 
The forward is by the Apostle Cheyan. And the author is, is, is AJ. If you want to know the story behind AJ, come and talk to me after the service. You need this book. See what God is doing. You know, the miracles that he's doing, the lives that he's changing. I read books like this when I was a young man, my late teens, early 20s. Changed my life. I'm doing today what I, what I do because of the encounters along the way with great men of God who spoke into my life. And this morning, I want to ask you, will you go? Will you pray? Will you send somebody else? Because if you can't go, you can send someone. Romans tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall not be disappointed. Have you ever been disappointed? Now, maybe someone disappointed you. Maybe a circumstance, situation disappointed you, but God has never disappointed you. It also says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you saved? Well, we're going to have an awesome altar call here this morning. <laughs> and it goes on and tells us that... How, how can they call on the name of the Lord if they have not heard? And, and how can they hear unless someone goes? And the bulk of the Christian church, most people probably, when you did the statistics, probably don't end up on the mission field or go to the mission field. You can go for a visit. Come with me anytime you want. But you can send someone. For years, when we were planning to go to, to, to the mission field and, and to reach Asia, for years and years and years, and just then every time we, we thought about it and going to go, the, the doors weren't open. But it didn't stop us from being involved in mission. It didn't stop us from becoming the, the missionary pastor in a church. It didn't stop us from, from, from raising funds for the mission field. It didn't stop us from praying for missionaries. It didn't stop us because I couldn't get there. I wasn't going to be stopped from being a missionary just because I couldn't go. Then the day came. We went several times and then, was it 25 years now? Whatever it is, I've lost track. One eventful trip, one eventual trip changed my life forever. And God began to open nations to us. Who wants to go? Who has a call of God on their life? Say, I want to do something in a nation. I, I want to do something significant in someone else's life. Who? Is there anybody? There's one hand. Bless your mouth. There's another hand. Anybody under 30? Says, I, I, I want to change this world. Or you're comfortable just being comfortable.
I want to give this to someone. Who wants to be a world changer? One life at a time. It's here. Come and get it. Come on. Who wants to change? I don't care if you're young, if you're old. Hallelujah. King, you've been underestimated. You've been underestimated, the Lord says, but it has never been underestimated by the Lord, even when you were young. Older siblings and even younger siblings were sometimes more highly esteemed than you were. And I say to you this morning that that which has weighted you has been a weight on you and you have carried is gone in Jesus' name. Fresh anointing on your life right now. Your latter days will be greater than your former in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wow, if you saw those notes, I've made a meal of this. I've really made a meal of this. We sung holy. Holy, holy is the Lord. Just Pastor Josh talked to us this, this magnificent deal about God, the Holy One. Well, here it is. His bit, this is my bit. The Bible says that he's made us holy. Pastor Josh. Quick, quick. Can, can you just tell me about God? What you said about God, about being holy and separate? I was so off the cuff. Um, just that he's set apart and indescribable, incomparable. That's what he said? Yeah. Hallelujah. Everybody else is hiding now. Don't, don't call me out. Don't pick me. Listen. What does the Bible say? That he's made you and me holy. He's made you and me holy. What is that? It makes you different. It makes you separate. Separate from what? from every other human being on planet earth that does not know Jesus Christ. It makes you indescribable. <laughs> no, not me. Yes, you. You are indescribable because you have the glory of God on your life. Your life has been transformed by His power. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. 
The second greatest mystery on planet earth. The first one is the gospel, the love of God, the mystery that Christ, the Christ who walked heaven, the Jesus, the word, the living word, who was the word that walked heaven, who sat beside the Father, came to this earth and died so that we could join in this mystery. The second part of the mystery is this glorious thing called the church of Jesus Christ. Holy, separated, unique, indescribable. The world looks at us and they make fun of us. They laugh at us. Well, I don't care because I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. But before I go, I want to love what Jesus loves. I want to reach out to the lost. I want to touch the, the neighbor across the fence, the, 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 the friend in, uh, in my sporting group, the, the, the people I bump into in the supermarket. And I want to touch nations. And one last thing, and I'm really in trouble now because I'm totally done all the time. I want to be your dream maker. I go to conferences and often get introduced as some apostle. It doesn't really mean a lot. It just means that I'm a foundation. I think there's, there's too many apostles sitting on top of the heap, I think. Apostles are foundation ministries. You don't see the foundations. But what you see is the building. And I like to, to, to either use the term, as I've used before, a servant messenger to serve you. You that are online, to serve you. I want to be your dream maker. Ministry is, is not about being up here and doing the stuff and calling out people by name. Praying for people and seeing miracles take place. And as glorious as all that is, and I love doing it. If you have one little iota of desire to reach somebody for Christ, whether it's across the street or it's across the world, I'm trying to be deadly serious, I really am. Can I be your dream maker? Would you give me the honor? Would you give me the privilege? I might not be able to raid my bank account on your behalf. <laughs> but whatever I can do, whatever I can say, I want to be your dream maker. Because I know you've got dreams. We've all got dreams. And I would count it an honor and a privilege to be your dream maker. Every young person here, every older person, whatever your dreams are. If you get to preach, you get to travel, you get to teach, I hope you do it bigger and better than I ever have. And I believe you will. Because that's what happens with the generations. 
you get better and you, and you get bigger. 